Hello and welcome to Soccer Hey, Rangers I'm Podcast. the one driving. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, hi. Th- hello, everyone. Welcome once again to... A- Mute button. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Soccer Rangers Podcast. Mute button. Hello and welcome to Soccer Rangers Podcast. I'm pu- Mute button. Hello. Welcome to the Soccer Rangers Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm John. I'm the Silver Ranger. <laughs> I'm Cole, I'm the Green Ranger, and everybody has access to the mute button, apparently. Anyways, um, this week we have a topic? I don't know, I don't think we have a topic. We have an email. Does anybody have a topic? Email, man. Yes. We an email. Email. Can you believe it? We, wait, believe we got it. an email? Yes. An email that we didn't just ignore? Yeah, I know, I know. It's occasionally I go and recognize the people that send us emails, and occasionally something insightful comes through. Heck. I honestly thought the only thing in her email was, um, what was it? The uh, dick enlargement. The Amazon, <laughs> dick that, enlargement. Dick enlargement pills. Always. Uh, they were the Amazon wish list pages for some reason. And also that, uh, that Russian mail order bride thing. Oh yeah. 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 So it's just ordinary spam mail. Yeah, exactly. Sexy singles so, in we, your area. Of course. I thought we've only had ever, like, one other email that we've ever thought was useful. We, we, we've acknowledged well, uh, a few emails, but not many. You're, you're definitely right on that one. And it's not so much that we don't care about the emails. We do read everything that you guys send in. Um, but I gotta be honest here, going weird, and though. saying anything about accolades and whatnot means... It means a lot, but it's also something that you can't really go and recognize... Yeah, if we go and do shout-outs, whenever somebody goes and says something nice about us or applauds something that we do, it's like, well, I gotta be careful. We can't just go and put too much attention on that because then you gotta do it every single time. So, don't think exactly. we're not reading anything, people. Uh, also, how many of those emails are actually coming to us and not going to the wrong email address? Because we're soccer rangers podcast at gmail.com. I'm scared to and- know... <laughs> I'm scared. How many that poor Asian woman? <laughs> yeah, no, there. I haven't so heard from the angry you... person in a long time. I don't know if they've given up on that email or if our audience is just really good about not going and sending him to the wrong place. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. So just because if we've never answered your email, it may not have just n- never gotten to us. Yeah, Soccer Rangers Podcast at Gmail dot com. So you got to send it to. Yeah. But okay, so what's the email? Uh, okay, say? so I uh, I'm not gonna read the actual email because I will say there's definitely some verbatim. Co- there's yeah. some colorful language in here. Uh, oh, nice. Only say the colorful language. <laughs> so so the colorful language of red, yellow, and purple. Yeah, yeah, all those colors. I have one yeah. question: Is the colorful language sent towards any of us? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I had to drag that one out. Out. No, no, it's it's more. Um, it, it, I'm just gonna get to the gist of this. So, uh, somebody that we are going to call. Let's see here. Let's go and hide their identity. Uh, Matilda. Me, Phil. <laughs> oh wait, Matilda was their actual name. God damn, I'm too good at this. <laughs> Phil. Let's go with Phil. Let's call him. Where? Damn. Where? Where? The non-interesting plot to plot where, character. Where, we're gonna go with Sasha. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Sasha could be both male and female. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just it was just the funny that both me and Tyler came up with the exact same joke at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I will say. Uh, 
Initially, when I read this, I thought I may have been getting messed with a little bit. Because a lot of the language has to go and do, I hate to say, with the current uh, novel coronavirus, COVID-19 situation, and what has been going on with conventions. Basically, the fact that there had been none. And won't be for the foreseeable future. So, yeah. we were asked a very... Th- not to mention you. Not to mention that the that experts expect that the Canadian border is going to be closed for a year. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll see what happens. There's there's been some good news. Um, a lot of human trials have started for vaccines and treatments this month. So, we'll see what comes out of this. There's not to mention drug to research to see if anything treats it. Well, well. that's just it. Yeah. So we're 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 a long ways actually into. Uh, treatment research and vaccine research like i said is going finally to humans her human trials i know canada's got at least one uh uh research program that's gone into effect this month the united states is testing i think six uh vaccines right now uh at the human trial level so we're in phase three of testing and i know several other countries are either in human testing or going into it soon so the world is reacting, and there's a lot of hope on the horizon. So we're, we're going to focus on the good and hope that things move forward well. Once again, we're not medical experts, but we'll take good news where good news is offered. So uh, anyway, going back to the email. Uh, so we were asked, based on our prolific knowledge of the convention space and being connoisseurs of Who all lied? types of conventions... Uh, are my words, who not lied? theirs. <laughs> okay, but who lied about the prolific? We are prolific. We say lots of things. Yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? That just means talking a lot, right? Not being accurate, but just talking a lot. Yeah, just saying the first thing that comes yes, to mind. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so you mean turning off filtering and going, blah, okay. Yes, yes, like every time that Cole brings up his love of big titty goth girlfriends, it's just what we do here. <laughs> Yeah, but who doesn't love big kitty goth girlfriends? It's true. It's true. Uh, I have never said that. Well, uh, you should. But you people should start believe saying it. that because everyone loves that. It's small titty girlfriend. Goth, no, goth big titty goth girlfriend. Small titty uh, would be well, like that kind of Tassandra kind of... Not, uh, Sundere. Sun, Sundere. Sundere. Sorry. Um, that's a whole different genre, Cole. Come on. Yeah. Get your girlfriends <laughs> correct. Yeah. Get your wife who's in yeah. line. Disappointed. <laughs> Disappointed! <laughs> Unacceptable. Anyway, going back. So. <laughs> How do you get back from that? <laughs> I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help that. Well, I think, that, I think the only thing we could do at this point is, it's time for the Soccer Rangers Top 10 Goth Girls in Animation. Oh my god, okay. but there's so many. I know, I know. Just where do we many. go from here? Uh no, we're we're not a rebel taxi video. We're not gonna get away with that. <laughs> one day. Yeah, one, one day, day. One day. Anyway. One day we'll get the popularity. Yeah. We'll so... sell out. <laughs> we didn't sell out. They bought in. Um Let's yeah. get let's get to the point. We tangent too many times. I know, we're I know. We're, we're, we're what just is crazy? What was it? What's the question? So point is the question. Not here to turn no one interrupt. Yet. Everyone shut up. Let Rob talk. Yes, I'm hitting the big view button. Anyway, so we were asked a very serious question. With everything that is changing in the convention space, what's going to have to happen 
if for no other reason than the short term with what's going on right now, how would we envision a future, I'm going to say anime convention in this case, just because as a whole, different conventions require different things. But how would we envision a convention coming up in the near future in the realities of this COVID-19 crazy world? Hmm. <laughs> I know, I know. This is like, hmm. whoa. <laughs> they this is a loaded are... one. Before, before we before we give our ideas on already, that, yeah. yeah. All I got yeah. that's the first word I say is that it's an oxymoron. Before we continue on, though, the one thing I know they're gonna do, even though it's probably not gonna be the most effective thing in the world, is that we're gonna go into our next convention and there's gonna be about three hundred bottles of sanitizer just randomly placed every fucking. Now way. I gotta say this. Well, there's, I mean, <laughs> I'm all in favor of that. <laughs> People know. Oh yeah, I am too. People know but that's I carry the minimum option. Oh, I know. People know that I carry around a bottle of sanitizer with me when I'm in costume. I always at least have a bag with me, and I'm ready to go for this. So, quite honestly, this is one change I am not only looking forward to. I am just straight up encouraging right now. Yeah, you got to keep those hands. Clean. Quick question. Mm-hmm. This is the question I have. Uh, to assess what what it's like there versus here, um, how many in certain states they have made masks now mandatory? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much have you seen of sneeze guards everywhere? Is that super common that everyone has a sneeze guard up retail locations? Like for example, uh, yes. in front of a drive-through. Oh. The place where my place of work, yes, we have sneeze guards at every register, and it's hard to work around. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, for where we are, yep. So, I also have. Yeah, I um, want sneeze guards everywhere. I didn't want to know my local because I know my local stuff, yeah. Cole. Because uh, I'm about to get to that of like, I have been sorry making. I wanted to know what theirs was compared to ours because masks aren't mandatory here. You do see them. I see. I want to say when I go out, it's like if you see someone working at a restaurant, they're wearing a mask. But mm-hmm. customers, the grocery store is like about a 50-50 of masks, non-masks. And if I'm out uh, at a restaurant, I'm not seeing any masks. The only people wearing masks are um, the servers. The servers. Uh, but then mm-hmm. guards with Cole, guards are everywhere everyone kind of has a guard somewhere uh, and you're just slowly seeing them more and more and more bars are all getting them they're getting them in between like uh this monday vlts will be allowed to open and they're putting guards in between every vlt station uh if there if you have booths in your restaurant you're allowed to open at full capacity but you have to have dividers in between every single booth uh so it seems Everything here is going very much more for getting a physical barrier divider already built into your place opposed to the person having to wear a mask to go anywhere. So you'd sit down, you already have dividers around you in the place of where you're hanging out for a while, and instead of just needing to have everyone responsible to have a mask on them already. Uh, so that's that was my question. Um because that does bring up conventions 
are the exact opposite thing you do when you have a disease that spreads very easily because already con con flu is just such a common thing that it is like a meme it's a meme it is understood that it is something that you will just kind of get if you don't take mm. the precautions to do it it's it is the like it's like a staple i guess I, it is so the joke is yeah the joke is that if you go to a convention you're going to get at least one of five different versions of conflu yeah it's it's such a commonplace <laughs> thing it is just like oh yeah you get conflu the same way gravity holds you on the ground unless you get in a plane you won't you'll fly and if you wash your hands you won't get conflu maybe the same thing with a plane you'll fly sometimes you won't maybe <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is such yeah it is the, such and a the staple. lowest possible version you're gonna get is either a slight cold or just after like or after con drop yeah so <laughs> like, so the yeah the idea is like you're going into a situation that is so designed to spread germs that i don't see how in a world where everything has to be separated to the point that you can't go into crowds you do this thing where you actively go to a place to stand in a crowd. That's what a con is. You're, I know. You're it's... going to a place to stand in a crowd. That's that's what con mm-hmm. is. Hey, you want to go to Crowd Simulator? Oh, yeah, I love con. Yeah. In my head, I think that, especially anime conventions in general, after this, you're going to be seeing a lot more adoption of the Japanese style of masquerading. <laughs> it... Um, and... Bu- and by that I mean just wear it. Well, this is the, this is it. I don't think you're gonna you're the there's already the there is already the adoption. You that's if you saw someone wearing a mask and you're a con, there's like oh yeah, they're just wearing masks because that's what Japanese people do. It's it's commonplace. But now they're not wearing it for not an ironic reason. Well, they don't even really wear it for an ironic reason over there. It's common courtesy. No, if you they have don't a, even a slight cough. That's the point. It, you saw people wearing masks at a con. It's not for. It's for a idealistic reason. You're I, idolizing culture, so that's why people wore those because of it. More of a fashion statement. Now, if you see people wearing a mask at a con, it is for the more functional basis of it. Is my thing. So I don't. You you might not. See, you still see it increase, but the reason it increases and the people that were wearing it before versus wearing it now is a different reason i just say that's my wording i don't know you can have a different appearance i rob's got an opinion i think you're i think you're totally valid on that i i'm curious to go and see what all comes of this and part of this is just going to be a question of how quickly we can go and get some sort of a vaccination uh or at least better preventative treatments and whatnot yeah. That's going to be kind of the question there, because I think there's a bit of a problem. I don't know. that I think that there's a risk with the novelty of a convention if you go and see widespread mask adoption. While it is something mm-hmm. that, you know, a trade show, for example, if we were talking about, say, PAX. Oh, yeah. Everybody's wearing a freaking mask everywhere they go. Hand sanitizers mm-hmm. at every station. That's actually really easy to go and control in my mind. Because especially yeah. the trade shows, you can go and limit the number of people in certain areas and whatnot. That's a really easy thing. With anime conventions, it's a little bit more difficult because you're also talking about 
it's more than just the shopping or exhibition experience. It's also the social experience as well, which is, I think, mm-hmm. the strongest element of the anime convention scenes. Because you're talking about cosplay, you're talking about panels, you're talking about a bunch of things, and while sitting in a crowd might be fine, the reality is, are you going to honestly tell me that, especially, I, I hate to go and say this, but female cosplayers, by nature of what a lot of their costumes are, do we think that we're going to be seeing them wearing masks and losing out on the potential ability to go and market themselves? You know, actually, I could see them. I could see if we're gonna go down. I could see female cosplayers getting that would be a trend with cosplayers is that you get mm-hmm. a mask that would be in character for what you're cosplaying. It would be it'd be like the nerd, the incel. I guess, I'm gonna say it, incels. Yeah. The incels <laughs> that are like the people that are uh, that wouldn't wear masks and are there just who are the one again the ones who don't bathe you know the type <clears throat> they're there they hang out they're not cosplaying they're they bought their sword is that what they came there for and they just got it and immediately are carrying it on the back their entire times uh and they all have neck beards and they all have that sweater oh gosh and that sweater hood is either up or down and they always creep around this might be part of sorry <laughs> if you listen to this podcast if you if this is you Something's wrong. I know. It's but it's that's oh. one of the memes. It's it's that kind. The ones that won't wear the mask. The ones that don't shower at con. It's this Venn diagram is a circle. Um, it's those ones that I feel because I feel like the ones cosplaying. Like you could get a mask and it would be like, oh, you're creative already. So there's a good chance if you're making a costume, you've already been making masks. If not, go into that because if you're making cosplays, making masks is so easy and you can have all these cool themed ones. People love them. I made a bunch of masks, and it was, like, one of the simplest things. I just took pattern, and I just made my pattern match so that it was, like, across the face mask. And I put that on, and people were like, oh, my God, those are awesome. And I just took some Darth Vader fabric. People eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader? People love Darth Vader. <laughs> Get that on a mask on your face? People love wearing masks if it's got Darth Vader on it. And if your cosplay is already all involved masks, you're all set to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's part of the reason why I bring up particularly female cosplayers, because I hate to say this, I think guys are going to have a much easier time with this. Like, I made jokes about, you know, hating my face and all that. Uh, And yeah, I wear a lot of masks, because let's be honest here, I don't look like a lot of characters. I don't exactly sell the fantasy. But you know what? There's a lot of guys with helmets with masks with armor that are very easy to work with i see it actually being very easy for male cosplayers to go and adapt this i wonder on what i really do wonder what the adoption rate's going to be for something like that for the female cosplay demographic especially given the fact that i think unfortunately while it is there's i think a larger breadth of options for our ladies, our friends, to be able to go and find something cute, identifiable, something interesting. That also puts a lot more pressure on them as well. With guys, I hate to say, we in some respects get ignored a lot of the times. We do. And you yeah. know what? That kind of works to our advantage because it's just like, I get to do this and just have fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this. If anybody recognizes this, it's great. But the pressure yeah. is definitely different. Uh, I think between them, just having talked 
with some of the people that we've done the podcast with and how much pressure there is on them to perform if they want to get any attention. Because there's always somebody that's going and fighting for more. Yeah. So I, I do wonder yeah. about that. This this what was this question? This question was though is what is our ideal situation for that? Yes. And I think what we have come to is masks. Just wearing masks in a crowd of people. If everyone's wearing a mask, if you walk in that place and you have a mask, there is so many options. Because also, it, again, I said you can make custom masks. And if you're going to an anime convention, people are spreading their 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 they're flying their flag. Their fandom yeah. flag is what they're mm-hmm. doing. You walk in there, you go in there. You've got your you got your, your I'm going to I'm just going to describe yeah, myself. Go for it. I walk in there and I got myself. I got my full metal alchemist satchel bag. I've got my my right now. Oh, I don't have this one. My other green shirt. I've got my Minecraft t-shirt on. I've got my my uh 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 what sweater? No, I don't have any sweaters that are a thing. I've got my my ninja uh uh my Assassin's Creed jacket that I'm wearing. People are walking around, oh, like that's an Assassin's Creed jacket. Oh, he's got a Minecraft shirt. Oh, he's got some some even my even my jewelry. It's like the Roxas uh, from Kingdom Hearts jewelry, and people point that <laughs> shit out, and they're like that. Or, and if you're not wearing your jacket, it's like, ooh, tattoos. Yeah. Like, oh, what's that tattoo? Oh, it says Digimon. Oh my god. Yeah. You you're 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 letting your freak flag fly uh, for whatever fandom was. Why why not have a mask on there that's got like a big titty anime lady on it? Well. <laughs> Let's get the big titty anime. Like, like, if you had your mask on there and you just had, like, a fairy tale, one of the many fan service fairy tales just across your mask. Or One Piece or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. just Luffy on there. Why not? Or just, like, because there's so many. That's why That's why uh, anime tattoos are so great because there's so many symbols of mm-hmm. those things. And, like, you just look at that. You that you go down the aisle, the merchant aisle, you, get, you see shirts, you see wallets, you see hats, you see any of those things of just various you see pendants you see pins just that logo on a mask oh keychains everything okay so tyler's definitely nailed i think ultimately two things that i would like to go and see yeah masks especially when traveling between places where you're in the middle of the horde yes please photo shoots and whatnot are a different story but when you're in the crowds of people going and moving from convention space to convention space or through the dealer's hall, mask, very important. Uh, you brought up uh, uh, protective screens and whatnot. I'd love to go and see mm-hmm. that being mm-hmm. mandatory in the dealer's hall anywhere that cash or cards are being transacted and whatnot. Cause, yeah, yeah you people... guys don't have tap even, though, do you? Oh, tap uh, tap's very common anymore. It is or isn't? It is. It's yes. something we've had okay, it now. So, we've had it for over a decade. The problem is Washington State mm-hmm. dragged its feet for a long time, so you didn't see it okay. in half of our retailers for the longest time. Yeah, because when yeah, because we've been coming, we and Tyler have been coming to Seattle since like 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. and we were. And one of the first things it. that we talked about was literally like, why don't they? Yeah, have you got to still sign for <laughs> things. I'm like, what? You got to sign for things. And yeah. then you guys did get uh, chip, and I was like, okay, here's the chip. Here's your sign. Why do I have to sign? I, I have the chip. That's the pin point of the chip that you don't have to sign. Still had to sign. When we went to Levensworth, they had tap all over the place, and it was great. And I, like, I blew people's minds because I was just like, they had, so they didn't know they had, here's my little tangent. I may have said it already. They didn't know they had tap 
They knew they had uh, chip, but the dongles they have had both in it because it looks like it was sold for like anyone in other countries. So it had all both of it in together. And so I was like, oh, you got chip? Let's put that in. And I looked at it, and it's got the logo on the top with the touchpad for tap. For tap. I'm like, well, why don't I just tap? And I just put my card on it, tapped it. It did the money thing, and the person behind the cash register was just like, it went through. What just happened? I'm completely blown my mind. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to touch anything. I just put my card on it. It pays. I walk away. It's done. No transaction needed, and they were just confused. By yeah, it. fun fact. So. Tyler, do you know? I, I think I know a way to make your brain your brain go boom because of be, of like what? As if they then handed you the paper to sign. Well, that's the thing. Those tablet things they have, they do that twist thing around that you sign on the screen. But no, I know, but that's just for you. Just oh, you give like, them a okay, piece I of tap. paper. I need you to yeah. sign. What? Do I have to sign now? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Yeah, no. So Washington State had some weird rules involving near-field communication, which is technically what all of these things do, whether you're talking about chips or tap. Yes, So yeah, we were the last state in the country to go and actually allow for full-scale adoption of this. It's actually a little bit funny because you actually have seen more people with Samsung Pay and Apple Pay at their registers that had been fully enabled before they started allowing for the NFC combinations that would be used with a credit card. This is so annoying. There have been ads on television. I'm not joking, but like back to 2010 with Visa going and showing Mm -hmm. off on how easy and secure tap is. And it's just like, it's great. Not available in Washington. Wow. It pisses me off for the amount of high tech companies that are out here. We are the most ass backwards place in the country for this it would tap would save so much oh time. god yes it, oh god it does yes. but that no. it does uh, mike i would love it personally in my line of work if we had it because it would simplify so many things yeah, yeah. so um, i i suspect was... you're gonna have it soon like 2019 the rules changed in washington state finally so yeah like 90 percent of the retailers that i go to I don't know why. For some reason, Home Depot is the only one that I frequent regularly. I can't tap at now. Yeah. Uh, I don't get our that Walmarts one. Walmarts still don't tap. But that's because they're a very American business. And so they still don't have a tap. They have just the chip into the thing. Uh, but that's the thing. When I went to uh, to Washington, uh, Starbucks have always been using tap. So I went to the Starbucks there. That was like one of the first places I saw tap in washington and they were doing the same system they're doing in every other wa- yeah. uh, starbucks so i was just same thing mm-hmm. already doing it and they're already familiar with it but like here uh cash was just people stopped doing cash it was like we we're not accepting cash anymore because tap or credit cards were so commonplace debit cards interact you also don't have interact interact and tap were so commonplace that you can you don't need they have money. interact they don't have interact Interact is a Canadian thing, yeah. uh, because Interact. Okay, hold on. In my head, Interact is oh, Interact is debit credit cards, right? It's your debit card. They don't. Oh, okay. Say, yeah. So their debit cards will be backed by credit cards. Our debit cards are not. They are just debit oh, okay. cards. But all our banks, we only have. I've I've probably said this before too. We only have like seven major banks, and they all talk to each other. So they have come to... And are all ruled by an overseer? Yeah, I was going to say, you got... They're not ruled by 
they're not ruled by an overseer. They are just in an agreement with each other, and that is okay. What... I thought there, I thought there was a regulatory body or something. Well, there's definitely mm-hmm. a regulatory body behind it. I, I know that Canada with like, their banking rules can, are definitely a lot different. Like, that would be like Canadian revenue. The treasury, the, <laughs> the treasury, yeah, the revenue, it. revenue agency. Because they, probably. it was just because uh, technically we still have our affinity credit unions, which are banks, but they're not part of that. They're different, and that's because they're co-ops credit unions co-ops so yes there are if there is an overarching it's gonna gonna be like our revenue i haven't looked that into that part because i've never seen that it's just everyone they talk to each other because there's only seven of them there's not like in the states having what in 30 in a square miles (laughs) yeah 30 a lot more independent banks there um so i guess yeah long story short we had indirect and tap so like the idea of money was like oh Let's not exchange money. No one accepts money anymore, um, which is kind of a surprise. I was. It seems like people have adopted it so quickly that having no money uh, is just a thing you can do in society now. Uh, we got rid of our pennies. It's... We don't have pennies anymore. Why not? Why not this the, be a thing and... where people just get rid of money entirely and everything's done interact? I guess the banks. Are the just interesting thing about COVID as well is that, of course, that just reinforced no money. Uh, people not using money. That's that's, yeah, that's what exactly what I'm currently saying. Uh, yeah. Is it just like I've had a twenty dollar bill sitting in my fucking wallet for three months. I forget about just them. Sitting there. I'll open my wallet and go, "Oh shit, I have money in here." This is, this is like free money because I pulled out at some point, put it in there, and then just used my card for everything because. That's what you do now. You don't need to interchange money. You just tap your stuff, and then you know how much you have, and you walk away, and you can use your phone to check your balance anytime, and all yada, yada, yada. Long story short, masks. Any yeah. kind of divider. Anyway, yeah, going going back to that. Um, so I, I've got bringing that into play here, uh, going back to like five minutes ago. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think masks... Yeah, Definitely a big thing. Uh, protective shields, big thing. Something I've actually been wanting conventions to do. I, I've talked a lot in the past about... There was one thing that AkiCon did that pisses me off that I've not seen another convention do. They had rooms full of set pieces of props for photo shoots. I think if we're talking about how we're going to be traveling through the convention spaces and whatnot are going to change. We're going to have to designate more places in anime conventions for things like photo shoots, like dedicated uh, picture areas. I think there's going to be a need for more organization, not necessarily restrictions like what I've complained about with Emerald city, but I think there needs to be more of an embrace of the cosplay community and catering to them. Because I do feel like if we have to go and have all of these restrictions that are going to come along with this, you need to be accommodating to one of the arguably biggest draws that comes along with this. Because outside of merchandising, you got to talk about that personal experience. And I still think that cosplay, while not as big in terms of the number of people that do it, I still think that's one of the bigger draws of the experience, that social element of... I went to a convention and I saw somebody dressed as this. I saw a, a real factor. life this. Yep. It, exactly. So I feel like the conventions need to come up with things to go and help 
maintain that, to go and foster that element of the convention space. Because, yeah, it's going to be very awkward for cosplayers if you're talking about situations where they need to go and have masks. We need to go and be better about, you know, I, I think social distancing is a bit of a dream in a convention space. I don't see how you do that without really... Yeah. Ri- Without limiting well, the number of people that can go there. Once again, trade shows, this would be real easy. You just jack up the price of the ticket and limit the number of people yeah. there. That's much that's, easier. That's, it's like a business more than anything. You're there almost on a business sense of you're there to check out things for work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In here, so in Saskatchewan, uh, the talk is what is said, what is... Uh, what not not the legal legal thing but what is the guidelines for that kind of stuff is you're supposed to give uh two meters distance and if you can't do two meters distance then any sort of barrier is allowed and so that was the talk that's why we keep saying face masks but a face mask is a type of barrier it could be just like a face shield or anything like literally I could walk around with my Power Ranger helmet, and that is a barrier. That Once again, a barrier. easier for male cosplayers. <laughs> yeah. So that's the idea is I almost think cosplayers might have it easy. Like, it depends on how people are going to get, like, the idea of this. The ideal one is sometimes people go a face mask, and they go nothing but a face mask. So you have a you'll have a helmet on. And they go, you have to have a face mask under it. That's because people just see the keywords face mask and they think that one style of face mask and that's it. Either you have that and nothing else matters opposed to the idea of a barrier. Again, my ideal, my ideal con place is I feel like cosplayers will have an easier time because it won't be a face mask. It is a, a barrier of some kind so that cosplayers again you said is a very common thing to have a mask males having a helmet or a mask of some kind on your face is a common cosplay uh you'll see that more times than not so those people that are already in cosplay they'll see that and go oh you got a helmet it's good enough you're in you can you can come in it's going to be again the people that don't have that kind of stuff or don't do that kind of stuff uh the ideal They'd have to go get a mask. You'd see masks in the sale. There'd be so many masks on sale. It's just like, oh you'd god, see, yes. sure, you'd see masks. Um, so, by the way, speaking of the Canadian distancing thing, mm-hmm. I would like to show just how into it um, Tim Hortons have gotten. Um, there, okay. So, in a couple stores, you will see it's like, please stay two meters apart. Like, and they'll have that sticker on the yeah. ground. Well, Tim Hortons decided to go a little bit further. It says, please stay 46 10 bits apart. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it has been measured. It's exactly two meters. <laughs> 46 10 What a universally accepted measurement. <clears throat> it's funny because a guy on TikTok from, I think, in Alberta, bought 46 10 bits to test it and measure it with a tape measure. <laughs> and it works. There you it's go. exact. It's good. It's making. It's it's uh, having uh, seeing the bright side of a dire situation. You, you need uh, levity I, in times like these. Yeah. And actually, it's why I'm kind of glad that we're talking about this because it doesn't need to be doom and gloom. No, it doesn't. Oh no. I feel like it's I, funny. If it was, it's, oh, the yeah. one thing that I think that people should take advantage of from this is, like we said, the novelty mask market. Yeah, with decent quality cloth masks. 
like cosplayers should be reveling. Oh, they probably they kind of are. Everyone who, I, who all my friends who are all cosplayers, all of our friends that do commissions are making fucking yeah. Masks. They yeah. they like it because they like making things. And now this is just another part to accessorize. And I, you can walk around. You can be badass. Wear your masks. Maybe it's got like some kind of like cool flame design on it, and you're like hitting true, and it's just like oh, it's cyberpunk now. I love that game. I, I only wish I worked at a place that would allow me to go and have some fun with it, because, yeah, I had plenty of ideas, and I made plenty of masks for people. I just, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I can't wear anything fun myself. So it's got to be black. Well, you can. You just get, well, uh, I guess oh, yeah, it has to be it, black. It, um, it, it's not that it needs to be black, necessarily, but it needs to be neutral. So it's like, aw. Yeah, you know, I've got, I, what's the color of Albert's? Hmm? Oh, uh, like what's the color of your? It's red and white. Is it blue? Red and white. Oh, okay. Then why not just get a red and white colored like uh, thing and then put the uh, the the logo on the fucking. So what if what if you did this? What if you got one that had a bunch of like ovens and or like stove tops on it and such like, or what did what did what is one I have? One of the ones I have. It's one of my favorite ones because it is actually it is a pattern of a bunch of like uh, light beige, dark beige, uh, dark brown, and they're all mustaches. So it's my <laughs> face mask, and it's just a bunch of mustaches on it. And it's the perfect spot First, to get mustache fabric is where your mustache would be, or I guess that yeah, you just get a black one and put a mustache on there, and you just have a curly. For some mustache. strange reason, when I thought of a work one for Robert. It's uh the the whole thing is just a dishwasher is just a washing machine with the hole where his mouth would be. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I don't know. I feel like you saw that if you saw the guy and he had a bunch of washing machines on his face mask, you'd be like, that guy might know a little bit about washing. Yeah, you know, that's I I might need to run that by my boss. That's that's kind of clever. Yeah. I had not thought of something like that's that. Cute. That because that, that's because that's just cute. Yeah. yeah, it is clever enough. Then it goes like, like obviously you can't walk into walk into work with a fucking like like, <laughs> like anime, anime babe across no, your face no, like obviously no. not but yeah We're washing no. machines why not <laughs> washing oh I'm in the stove department today let me put my stove mask on yeah. I'm, so, I'm oh I'm, I'm trying to sell this customer a, a, a brand new fridge yeah. fridge mask yeah it just has whirlpool <laughs> written across it and you're like, oh, you like whirlpool what what's that word called when it's like um. When you're like you're trying to make it, you're trying to do, you're trying to sell uh, things in body. When you're trying things. to sell things, but you're trying to imply without directly saying it. Um, is that just? It's like a mental thing. It's a mental thing. Is that not just implying? Like, so it's an association type thing where you're yeah. like, I want to because you see it, you're like you're more likely to buy it. That type of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, like like Kenmore written across the mask, but in such fine print <laughs> that you're looking at it going, is that saying Kenmore? 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 So every time they look at your face and they see Kenmore, the best buy you could have. I don't know if you you like Kenmore or not. I don't know. I, I it's, it's all LG. No, shit he likes these G. Days. He likes GE. L- okay, there yeah. you go. LG, G. the best buy. It's so promotional stuff just across your face. Maybe they'd pay you to wear that mask. <laughs> <laughs> what are we What are we promoting today? I'll get that mask on there. Just pay me five bucks for the. You know, day it's not like I don't have Bosch just permanently embossed on my shoulder here. See, there you go. Yeah. You'll just get, like, brand name masks that have that on. Oh, they had the Gucci mask for a while. Oh, God, uh, don't. Back to cons. Anyone yeah. else have any opinions? That was the the one thing we've come up with is masks. Yeah. Social what distancing do you think, John? sounds impossible. Hello? Yes. Oh, yeah. John, Hi, John. You're here. Please, what do you think? <laughs> 
Well, it's like when this whole thing went down at, uh, well, COVID, it's where I work, they're a little lax when it comes to our masks, as long as it's not a rude or political thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when this first started, the mask, I, I came to work, I actually wore my Sub-Zero respirator <laughs> for pulpit. And that would... <laughs> you freaking and legend! It, it is, <laughs> and it's technically a mask yeah. and the best part about it is people recognized what it was <laughs> and it's just the simple one too it's not like the overlay elaborate one it's the g1 yeah sub-zero mask yeah. and then and the next day another guy came to work and he had a full-on world war ii style <laughs> respirator oh. with the original charcoal here. oh my god that seems a little extreme that's where that, things get extreme and people that, go that, like oh. well he was trying to he was trying to make a point oh. I, yeah, yeah. that but and then my my favorite mask i wear though is the one that just straight up says not a thief <laughs> because it's like we all look this is the only time in our world's history where you could walk into a bank with a mask and it would be okay yeah yeah, you're you're seen as a hero. The one thing that does, I, that I... does anybody goes to banks anymore? <laughs> Do they? I, I Again, the last time. Um, yes. I I know if I I know a few people had to go because they were they were try buying a house. Yeah, I was gonna say I had to go and get a cashier's check, but even then I went through the drive-through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like we don't have we a... don't have drive-throughs. We have drive-throughs. Yes, well, we do, but not one where you talk to a person. Oh, yeah, no, we don't do that. We don't have that vacuum tube system where you stop and talk to a cashier. We just have drive-through ATMs. Well, and yeah, we've we got have those the tap too. on the ATM, so we just tap the ATM with our card, yeah. and we type in our stuff You're and get our money or put our money. Call back. You're a tapper. Yeah. Tapper. 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 Tap, 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 tap. Fantastic. One thing I will say about this convention, well, I'm honestly in agreement with Rob. We, I would like some designated costume places for... Uh, pictures with the covid thing going on but also i think the mask thing would be important but also it's going to be hard to really see what happens to a certain degree because i think it comes down to the convention committee but also will come down to the uh authorities of the city to a certain degree oh correct? yeah no i mean you're you're entirely right on that i mean it, in some respects and this this is me this is as close as i get to politics and this is purely convention-related in this statement, but I am in no way a fan of the Seattle City Council. I find it ironic that after years of trying to kill SakuraCon with all of the insane regulation that they put on uh, conventions and trade shows that only really apply to something like SakuraCon, specifically nonprofit events like that, I find it ironic that that mentality... Ultimately, is what saved SakuraCon this year because of them having to cancel with all mm -hmm. of this. So, yeah, ultimately, this is up to whether or not they're allowed to go and have this stuff, what kind of limits there are uh, in terms of the number of people that can be there. Because, yeah, if we're in a situation on where we're limited to that convention center that can have 60,000 people in it, if we're limited to even, let's say, 20% of that, that's severely shrinking the audience that you can have for one of these events. That's far smaller mm -hmm. than what would be allowed for, say, SakuraCon. Even based on that, we'd be looking at something that would be too little even for something like KomoriCon, which is still growing into a bigger convention. So in a situation like that, it wouldn't make sense to have the convention in the first place. 
just because you'd be limiting the number of people that can go there and you'd be in a situation on where the amount of money coming in just needed to go and run it the next year might not be there. In some respects, it's better just to go and hold off with the funds that you have and shortchange the next year a little bit rather than trying to go and operate it without enough people being able to guarantee that they'll be there and not have enough money to be able to go and cover the following year's costs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A thought. A thought. Um, how valid do you think it would be to downgrade? It That's a difficult one, because the problem... Because that way they are able to still use the funds. And this is just hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, because I'm curious from your own thoughts on this. Because you've been to the convention scene from the birth of this convention almost, all the way to its current. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the growth from the hotel yeah. to the bigger hotel to the to the convention center. Um, if they did have to restrict numbers based on size, and if they... Maybe they didn't. They don't use half the amount of space that they normally do, mm-hmm. or they um, like they only use half of the convention space instead of the entirety of the space. Like they only have. They don't use the second big building. They only use like I don't know. They don't use the top floor or or the second or something. Like you know what I mean. Um, like just trying to cutting down on space. So that the money is a little bit more there, so there's a backlog of either backlog or something else. Or even just using a a different space. Here's the problem that you'd run into there. So, uh, number one, just in terms of the amount of space that you'd go and take over for the convention. The reality is, renting the convention center like that, it doesn't matter if you're just talking about the one wing or if you're talking about all of it. You are basically renting the space in its entirety. So... You might be able to save a little bit of money not going and having one of the auxiliary buildings, but it's not going to make that much difference ultimately. The reality is, if you're taking up any of the main concourse area, you're paying a majority of it. You pay more in insurance than, quite honestly, you do in the actual renting of the space. So, in some respects, you'd almost want to keep it as large as it is in terms of the amount of space that you'd have, because that gives you more space to go and have people flesh out, uh, rather than restricting space. The problem that I think you would run into with trying to downsize it, the only way you can really make that work for a scenario like this is to restrict the number of people that can get in there, which would lead to a couple of things. Uh, The first one is going to be ticket rationing, which people already hate that with things like PAX and Emerald City with the number of people they allow in those spaces and those environments. So I don't know how you manage that without either coming up with the arguments that follow those ones where it's only for the ultra-affluent who can afford to go and pre-register for these things, uh, which I personally don't find to be a very valid argument. Um, you know, ultimately, if you're going to be doing it, you got to budget for it anyway. So it's just a question of when you get into that. That's I, I hate to say it, that's Rob's adulting lesson for the day. Budgets they matter. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. it's a solid thing. It's not even like a it's not even like a fully adult thing. That's like almost a young as a young adult teenager kind of. You learn about it in your very early twenties, and you make that one mistake, and then yeah, your mid twenties you figured out how to budget. Pretty much, yeah. Or, or you don't, and then you just never do. Right. So. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's that's thing number one. Um, so you'd have to go in combat with that. The other problem you would go and run into is there's a perception game that goes along with that. Because along with going and having fewer people, for something like SoccerCon, and once again, this is the problem with a nonprofit convention like this. The convention itself is actually running very few of the events. It very much is community-based for programming. So you go and run into the issue of Mm -hmm. you could find yourself in a problem where you're not going to have enough panels being run to keep people interested or potentially lose people who would otherwise be running those panels and potentially lose out on something. And I think all it really takes is just one year of limitation to go and create a downward trend. Yeah, this is kind of what we talked about with video games a few weeks ago. Uh, We brought up how when you're developing a game, if it's something you intend to make into a larger series, it's not what you can put into this game. It's what are you holding back that you can put into the next game? What innovations are you going to hold on to and develop for the next one? The convention space is very similar to that. Stagnation with something like this is a problematic thing because you can end up actually starving yourself for new people. You need to be constantly attracting new people to go and come in because you are going to have people that I I don't like this terminology, but it's what pretty much everybody else uses as the term for these kind of events. There's aging out. Yeah. You see this with Mm. boat shows. You see this with um, trade shows just in general. People aren't going to always have the same interests for a same her same amount of time. It's not to say that anime is a juvenile thing. Clearly, I in my thirties am still enjoying this. Uh, I think it's but, a long time before it ages out, but it might be something that is considered an old person thing. Yeah, well, that's just it. And you know, like boating shows lot. and stuff like that, people lose interest yeah. in that. People go and lose interest in cars as time goes along. It's not that yeah. you don't go and it's not that it's something that you're into at one age demographic in your life. You could go and jump between no. those things and rotate around. But ultimately, yeah. your interest level is only going to be maintained so long on this one thing before you move on to something else. It's yeah. a reality of life. So you need to constantly be attracting new people to come in. And if you don't have those events, those panels, if you don't have where fan fiction goes to die, if you don't go and have the various dating games, if you don't have uh, cosplay chess you're going to find yourself with a limitation because ultimately the amount of programming that's done by the convention itself is generally the largest scale and the most expensive micromanaging small stuff like that is very difficult for these nonprofit organizations. That's why uh, organizations, or I should say companies like Penny Arcade pay groups like Read Pop that are very good when it goes and comes to management to go and run their conventions. It just makes more mm-hmm. sense to go and do that kind of stuff. Same with Emerald City Comic Con. Once again, run by Reed Pop. E3 should be run by Reed Pop. Sorry, I've... <laughs> I have to always get that one in. Yeah. Please. They've offered you their services. E3, save yourself. Please, I don't want to see you go. I don't want to see you go. It, well, oh, that's There's a thing now. The question is... Uh, <laughs> here's a tangent. Here's a tangent. Um... This year's E3 was done kind of digitally, and the idea was that E3 was dying, and people were suggesting that it should go to digital. And then this year happened, and it did. It did. And it seems the idea now is people are 
seeing what it would be like if E3 was all digital. And I and it seems that I think the main consensus, I don't know if this is the loudest people or the majority of people, sometimes those two are hard to tell apart, um, that they're missing out. They're, they're, they're not liking a E3 being oh, yeah. no, online. So this might be like the next year or the whenever it starts up again uh, might have this huge resurgence to a more on-site E3 again because it felt like it was dying because it was like petering out. Uh, but if you peter out slowly, then people get bored. But if you cut that cold turkey, oh, those people are like, oh, I got to get my fix now. It was kind of petering out and I would have been fine, but now it's cold turkey. I got to go back. I got to see it. And then they'll all come back, big resurgence, and they'll go, oh, yeah, this is what it was like. It'll be one of the biggest... It'll be one of the biggest E3s there ever was, and then it'll drop again because people got their fix from that year, and then they're going to plan big, and it's going to go down, and there's going to be a whole weird turbulence. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right about that, if for no other reason than, goddammit, the one time of the year where you can count on video game journalism to actually be on their game is when they're covering these conferences, when they're covering the E3 show floors. That's like the mm-hmm. only time that I ever see IGN doing anything of of worth anymore. Instead of just going it, <laughs> instead of just putting out advertisements. Sorry, I'm on an IGN rant, but damn it, I I really have come to hate that website. And it used to be my favorite, but these days I'm not. In some respects, I'm actually shocked that The Last of Us Two came out just because of the fact that, quite honestly. I saw more advertisement from GameStop that you can't even go into right now for that game than I did them going and talking about the game coming up to release. How is that possible? I went back to GameSpot for information. That's owned by CVS Viacom. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, like, I have to go... Yeah, that's just it. I've had to go old school on this one. Just to go and get what I need out of the video game press. <laughs> and damn it, with no E3, both of those websites have been absolutely terrible when it comes to talking about new game announcements and whatnot. Because there's still been announcements going on. All of these companies didn't just decide like, not to do it. What's causing anything. it just bad, like, why is, what's causing it just bad traffic or just boredom? I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's a discussion for another day. Let's... Let's go back yeah. to the conventions. I, 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 I could spend days ranting about the problems at IGN right now. But I'm not a video game journo, so, so you know, what am I still going to do? <laughs> so let's uh, call back. Um, yeah, I, I could actually play Cuphead's introduction. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just... Well, that's... Maybe Cuphead's I'm just wrong the easiest part, man. <laughs> Nige, my buddy Nigel and I got high. We played Cuphead, and we got actually pretty far into that game. So, like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I think he was doing it on purpose. Oh God, let's 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 um, move on. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what else? What else? But, could but jumping you do? back to conventions. What, so, what do we have? What on else the list could here? you do for conventions, though? Like, we've got masks a lot. I uh, what? I still don't. I'm not really. I don't understand what you mean by a defined. Like, I get a photo shoot area, but what would that do for? cosplayers and con goers um here's here's kind of my thought pattern because right now and once again i'm just going to use sakura con and emerald city comic con as the examples here emerald city comic con i've referred to as hostile towards cosplayers because they're very focused and 
a lot of this does have to go and do just with general occupancy rules. There is not places to stop and get your picture taken. You're constantly having to go and duck and dodge the enforcers just to be able to go and spend 30 seconds where somebody can get your picture as a cosplayer. There's nowhere really available to go and do that, despite the fact that they promote that as being something you can go and do. It's mm -hmm. not a great experience for anybody trying to go and cosplay in those kind of events. So taking that and going and looking at SakuraCon, because of the smaller volume of people on there, people do go and hang out by the windows that would otherwise go and take you into the courtyard area. That's a very easy one uh, for people just to go and pull off and get pictures taken there. Now, right now, that's just kind of something that is ignored. You know, I'm not going to say it's necessarily allowed. It's just something that the authorities allow to go and happen there. I would say go and establish, you know, six-foot areas just to be able to go and have people, if they're in cosplay, be able to go and set up get photos taken, give people a chance to go and line up, get their photo her get their photos of said cosplayers and whatnot. Make it more orderly and established instead of people having to go and come up and go and engage and asking these questions all the time or having people stop in the middle of a crowd as I hate to say a lot of people do, poor etiquette, just to get a picture taken. If you go and establish uh solid areas for this, I can imagine that you will, number one, go and make for overall a less chaotic travel experience inside of the convention space. And number two, you're going and allowing cosplayers to still be able to go and get their photos taken. The masks can come off for a minute if that's something that's necessary for character and all that. And be able to go and do a little bit more. And in the case of like what I mentioned with AkiCon... Like I said, sets, props, all that kind of stuff. They had rooms set up that allowed for those kind of things to be done. And with that, quite honestly, I think just like with peace bonding, you have a little waiver signed and all that. You know, if you're going and using this space, you are waiving any... But this is probably something we'd have to sign anyway, just doing the convention. But mm -hmm. a waiver going and saying the convention's not held responsible for if you get sick or anything like that. You know, the liability oh, yeah. shouldn't be there for you going and taking the risk. That's another thing right there. Just waivers of liability. You know you're going into these spaces. There is a certain amount of logic and responsibility that's associated with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd, uh, just, just in getting a badge, you'd say. Well, because, like, that brings up uh, SakuraCon has a whole area that you don't need a badge to be in. There is just mm -hmm. open space area. So could people just uh, get and fill up those areas uh, just on like the first floor and all the elevators? Uh, all that area is technically public space. Same thing with outside uh, where that LARP, uh, not LARP, um, uh, the... Uh, uh, well, it's called the courtyard. Yeah, the courtyard. Mm -hmm. The courtyard area. That's all free area to be in. So you could be in those areas, even if they had, like, designated uh, designated areas for people to stay or, like, a capacity. Those areas, I don't know how you would, I guess, uh, police those areas. That, because that, yeah, this... even if even if you, like, charge, said, oh, only people with badges, or I guess they would just extend the area to uh, for the, the badged. The increase. problem is they can't is the issue. Um, I don't know, go, going into, and John, I'm sure, will have something to say on this as well. 
um, both for Emerald City Comic Con and for PAX, they've gotten very restrictive with what areas you're allowed to be in if you don't have a badge. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the whole convention center, basically, uh, and I'm talking about just the indoor spaces, even floor one, SakuraCon is very lax on it in terms of where you can be and what you can go and do in those spaces. Yeah, that whole first floor, nobody really has given... uh, Nobody's given two cents on that. It's just been kind of an allowed thing. At Emerald City Comic Con or at PAX... I hope we don't have to go as far as metal detectors. That's a drag on everybody Oof. and really makes it difficult to get into the space. But I think Slowed you will... it down so much. Yeah, I, I think at the very least, you're going to have to go and have people at all of those entrances on the first floor in particular. You're going to need to go and have people there checking badges at the door, not inside of the space, going up to floor four. That's mm-hmm. just going to have to be the way it's done. The convention center is going to need to be closed down. The thing that scares me is the courtyard area, because that, to me, was the single worst part of PAX, was the fact that if you went out into the courtyard area, you needed to go all the way around to the front of the convention center yep. to get back inside and go through the security really? checks. That was mm-hmm. an incredible pain in the ass and really was a disillusioning element so once again, I think you'd have to go and have security set up at the courtyard area where the actual convention center space ends. Mm-hmm. Going back in, so up the path, up so up the path. In it, both basically, directions. yeah. If yep. you know where the two uh, cherry blossom trees are, uh, that kind of go to a choke point before you go into the larger park area, right before yeah. all the water fixtures. That is the cutoff point for the convention center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You'd have to go and have people at that choke point, letting people in and out, and going and checking their badges coming back in. Which means you're pushing people farther out from the convention space if they want to go outside of it temporarily. You'd have to go and still allow people back in there. I don't think the or I don't think that kind of convention is going to the clientele of that kind of convention. I don't think is going to go along with that. Trade shows are a little bit different because, quite honestly. You're a number. You're an attendee. You don't matter yeah. the same way. Mm-hmm. Once again, something like a nonprofit convention like SakuraCon, it's about that personal experience and making sure that you are courting people to go and come back and that you're courting new people to come in to replace it. I don't know how you do that with a model like what Emerald City or uh, PAX does, but I do think there is going to be more necessity with that because the convention center itself will need to be locked down. Makes sense. God, that's a depressing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a depressing well, statement to make, but it's a it's a realistic it's one. Lockdown, if if you want to say it like that, or um, controlled. I don't know. Controlled. the The flow, the ebbs and flow of human beings is the main factor of it, and that has to be uh, properly channeled. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. There's your political, more 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 uh, synergistic words. Uh, the mm-hmm. the spin doctor is in. Um, <laughs> The ebbs and flow of human beings need to be properly channeled for uh, Congors to have a a positive experience. <laughs> um, so yeah, that does make sense. Is you you uh, you actually uh, increase yeah increase the amount of error you actually have to work with. So you'd you'd want more space so that you could fit more people in there 
because you have to give people more space anyways. So, like, if you locked down all of Seattle and you said, Seattle is now the convention center, you could fit as many people as you want in there. Heck yeah. So, uh, I guess that's the idea. It'd be, it'd be, it definitely would be more beneficial for them to have more space to work with to then be able to put more people in it, but also giving everyone more space. So, yeah. No, I, I think th- this is another thing that I've just been kind of thinking about while we've been talking. Something else I think that would need to change, quite honestly, is how they court programming as well. Because as of right now, SakuraCon has allowed for some panelists for things that have been proven and can draw good crowds. They have offered to go on comp badges for that kind of stuff. Mm. I think that you would really or realistically need to go and court more volunteers have some sort of direct training protocol put in place. Uh, Cause you're going to need more volunteers going and watching and regulating some of these panels. I think for starters, one thing that's definitely been an issue for a long time has been the number of volunteers that are capable of running or I should say are capable of uh, watching and regulating those rooms. Anytime, if you have ever done a panel at one of these things, you are always going to have some attendant, some associate from the convention that will be there watching to make sure that everything is on the up and up and that we're not going and breaking any policy stuff. I think you need to... Craze B2. What's our guy's name again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go and call him out because we're not supposed to go and be partial towards them. Oh, no. no. We're not supposed to have a relationship with those people. No, I know. That's why I'm making the joke. Yes, yes. <laughs> I count as Leroy. Yes, remember. praise be <laughs> to uh, Leroy Jenkins. Whatever his name. <laughs> Leroy, Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins. Okay, and then next year we're just going to call whoever our our, our, our boss is, is. We're just going to call them Leroy. Well, <laughs> for no they're, not, they're not technically bosses. They're not bosses. Yeah. Well, they're, they're our guy. Our guys. They're supervisors. They're avatars. Yeah. Uh, supervisors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's they're not even they're not even they're chaperones they're not bosses basically yes. I guess that's true they don't tell us what to do unless we do something wrong and they go mm, yeah you can't they, do they, that. they tell us that, yeah they tell us what you don't do that's what yeah. they do they, so they say you do that don't do yeah, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you need to go and court more of those people comp more badges set up a protocol for training with that kind of stuff and I think realistically you're going to need to set up some sort of a chain of command. Uh, you know, basically go and have more of these volunteers in those positions so you can have more panels, try to go and diversify where people are in the convention space more efficiently. You need to go and comp badges, I think, for people that are running uh, panels. And it's real easy to go and guarantee that you're getting it done right. Because if the panel doesn't happen, you get blacklisted and you never get to go and come back. No. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. If, if the panel's done wrong... Well, not if the panel's just... done wrong. No, if let's just say because I know that some. Well, not necessarily even that. So, something that's happened at other conventions, and I know this is part of the reason why SakuraCon is very leery about going and offering uh, badges in exchange for things, is that other conventions have had problems where they sign people up to go and run these events, they get their badges, and then they don't show up for those panels, and end up disappointing oh, people. Oh, shit. Now, back in the days of paper records, that was very easy to get away with. 
we now have digital records. We've got driver's licenses that need to be uh, present when picking up your badges. So they know your date of birth. They know your full legal name. Very easy to identify that. And they're going to have address billing information. Most people don't change their addresses often enough that that wouldn't be a red flag if somebody tried to go and register in the system or showed their driver's license and it's like, well, wait a minute. This is interesting. Joe's here. You're on this list. And, you know, you have a supervisory system that, you know, can go and come through if there is some confusion or something like that. Be able to identify it easily. You just go and set it up so that there's a clear set of punishments in place if you don't live up to your end. And that's not to say if you go and show or if you don't show up to the convention, you know, something happens. Nobody's going to penalize you for that. It's if you take advantage of the kindness and charity that the convention is putting out in place, you make sure that there is a recourse if you don't live up to that expectation. Yeah. You know, I think we've all be... been to a panel that has not been perfect, but I wouldn't go and judge them for it. It's just like, okay, these people probably shouldn't do this again. But I wouldn't go and yeah. ban them for that either. I see what you mean. It's the people that were almost, uh, to a point, they would have, uh, in accepting that badge, It's I would not be surprised uh, as you would be signing also more like a point of contract to... Yeah. Uh, well, at that point, if you're comped a badge, uh, you would, uh, like we did at um, uh, KimoriCon, we uh, we were we didn't get regular badges. We got guest badges. Is like you are at that point. If you are asked to do a panel, you wouldn't be comped a badge. You would just go to the guest badge section, and yep. it would be under that part because there could be a completely different terms of services to accepting a guest badge versus accepting a regular badge. Yeah. Uh, and right. That could be part of it, and we and we know a few people who have had those, guest and they badges? and I believe we, yeah, we have all had I, guest like, badges. Not me. Oh yeah, because you, uh, you don't do. That no, but I'm saying we with Kamorikon, we we walked up to the front only to find out that we were supposed to be getting guest badges, and we're like, oh, we got to go to that short line over there that has two people in it instead of this line we just stood in for <laughs> half an hour. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, losers. But no, but I, <laughs> yeah. But no, but the joke. But what I mean is that. There's obviously a different rule set that you got to follow when you're represent when you're rep, you're also technically representing. Again, the yes, you're, you're, that's why you would have a, a completely different type of badge. You'd have a guest badge because you are at that point a guest, and the guest would be you. You're a guest there to become a uh, like host a panel or something, run kind of some kind of thing, and then it would have a different turn to services that if you are there and you don't do the thing you were supposed to do, then you would have some kind of reprimand of some kind. Without notice. Without notice. We yeah. Without that, notice. Just, oh, just without for, notice. Yeah, the, yeah. We don't need to go into legalities of it. It's yeah. I, of but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Just for anybody's perspective. So I signed all the legal documents and yes, there were legal documents for us hosting yeah. the yeah. halftime show. Uh, so with that, I basically submitted, and this was all on me, so, I mean, this is a little bit different than what we're talking about here, but basically what I did when I signed was agreeing that we were going to go and provide the content that we were asked to go and do, a 15-minute-plus halftime show, hosting duties, all of that kind of stuff, showing up at certain times just to go and make sure that everything is run through properly, codes of conduct, and the punishment if we showed up accepted badges and did not live up to our end of the state our end of this within reason and i want to emphasize the within reason like that's written yep. in multiple places in the contract 
if something happened to one of our members, it would be totally understood if we needed to go and drop out last minute. You know, that was yeah. not going to be a problem on there. Or if something happened to us before the convention, even up to the day of, we were totally fine. It was just once we took badges and had the ability, if we did not live up to expectations, I would be put on a permanent uh, blacklist and wouldn't be able to go and get a badge again. In theory, it would apply to everybody else, but in its writing, it was specifically dictated towards me yeah. as a leader. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, is, is, is whoever signed it, because uh, I don't think we did you we got, all sign you, it. No. You, you guys were not required to sign it. I took full he, legal precedent he, on there. They Robert could, took, yeah, Robert took side in perpetuity. Yeah, and then words. and then it also comes down to the legal aspect of it is if they did say, oh, you didn't fill up your requirements, but you had again within reason said reasons why it couldn't be done, you would then just take that to a claims, and you'd have an illegal battle and if it was worth it or not to save it, that things of things if it even so. went to that kind of thing like uh, something yeah. like Komori Khan and this this is truly a great compliment to things like Sakura Khan to Komori Khan they're not looking to go and get in one of those fights they're not looking no, no, for one of those not. situations I, exactly their big thing mm. is just we are trusting you with this we have expectations please live up to them and yeah, quite honestly, mm -hmm. a legal contract is just a smart thing to go and have as an insurance policy to make sure that everybody is working amicably with each other. I have no doubt. Let, let's just say hypothetically we're in rehearsal and Amy tripped and fell off the stage. Be an unfortunate thing. We definitely would not be able to go on with the halftime show as planned at that point. We would still go and do what we could. We'd go and break off the group. We'd have a couple of us there just for hosting duties. The rest would be going and taking her to a hospital at that point to make sure that she's well, okay. Now, here's the thing. Someone did fall off that stage during that show. And they got <laughs> up and walked away. So there is a point where she might get up and be like, I hurt, but I can still do the show. And yeah, no, no. Wait, what? I'm just talking about like yeah. falls off and breaks a leg or has a concussion. Okay, I would like to yeah. stop this for just a fell like, off. Oh, yeah. Okay, first off. First off, what? Someone fell off the stage. Uh, Who? I don't Pannon's remember. It was someone. Yeah, I it was. Uh, it, it was Pannon's friend and stage ninja. They the stairs were to the left, and she went to the right, and fell off. <laughs> and it was just like, I was well, at that side of the stage. It, it was stage. <laughs> it was stage left. I was at that side of the stage because that's where I entered on from everyone else, and we were just there. And she was just like, Foo -poof, and we're like. We saw her walk to it, and she was just like going. We're like, "Oh, she's not stopping. Oh, there she's falling!" And we're like, "Oh, we got her yeah, up." No, she you're up. just she's like she was a little confused and was like, "I'm it, fine." And then kind of went on. The stage was pretty dark. It was a really well lit. Or it was a really well executed situation for what was being showcased and trying not to show the stage ninja. The only way that I think the audience really knew what had happened was just because of the fact that the side stage lighting, which were our nemesis the entire time that we were there, might I add, mm. <laughs> they got knocked on the one side. So, yeah, yeah they yeah, were shaking like and it was messing. So, yeah. <laughs> by the way, I would also like to pull that I know that falling off the stage of breaking leg as, as pulling a Dave Grohl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he did that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but the the difference was is that he had a he had the medic 
they, he, he got carried back onto stage with a broken ankle, with a broken ankle, um, and yeah, had a, the, the the doctor hold his ankle together while he finished the show. Yeah, he was he was there and he had a cast the entire time. He did all this. No, he didn't have a cast. He literally no. Well, he did that for the rest yeah, of the show. Yeah, the rest of the show. For he that had a cast. show. Yeah. It was funny because he was literally on the floor, on the bottom after after falling off the stage. Going, he's like, "I'm okay." <laughs> he's laying on his back, and he's like, "I think I might be going to the hospital. I'm not sure." The guys could play a few more songs, and then he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going back on stage." Like, <laughs> except he got carried on within a chair by four people and a doctor. <laughs> And then, as soon as the show ended, he got and went and had surgery <laughs> by the same doctor who was holding his fucking ankle. Yeah. God, I hope that Amy never hears this because if she ever does have a situation, she's like, "No, I will be manipulated." John, move me. <laughs> yeah. God. There you go. Yes. But anyway, I think we've kind of gone. I personally think we've kind of went stage left which was, <laughs> it, was stage stage left. Left. it was stage left uh, yeah i think we went way off stage left and uh fell off the stage of where we re- we originally were i'm apparently turning into amy uh with horrible oh, whatever what a segue uh, what a freaking segue but in any case i would like to just say i think we're gonna end it there thank you so much for everyone for joining us we always appreciate you guys hanging out with us and listening to us babble on and go off on major tangents for, but and of course we also appreciate anyone who sends us any questions of course we don't we will always read all of those in our emails and once again our email is soccerrangerspodcast at gmail.com um, or any of other uh, any other ones of our social media pro programs and systems and whatever and apps and all the fun shit but in any case we all we appreciate every one single one of you we hope that you all stay safe in this weird bloody time that we're having nowadays (laughs) and we hope to see you next time take care everyone thank you sasha (laughs) 